If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast. Today, we're going to hear an interview I did with Yvette Pelinecki, who moved from the hospitality industry to a registered nurse working in ICUs, level one trauma centers, and COVID-19 units. Yvette has a deep understanding of the trials nurses face on every front. After spending more than a decade in ICUs and over a year caring for patients in the COVID-19 unit, Yvette knows what helps prevent burnout in healthcare, keeps frontliners motivated, and drive nurses to be the most trusted professionals. She is the founder of Frontline Life Media and Frontline Life Healthcare Club as an exclusive support group and safe space for nurses to connect nurse to nurse and human to human. She takes great pride in providing nurses with resources and thrives on connecting nurses as humans first and nurses second. Well, thank you, Yvette, for being here. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, So let's start by you telling everyone, you know, who you are, what you do. Good evening, everyone. My name is Yvette Palamecki. I'm an ICU nurse, um, 10 years experience now. Um, I am actually now a traveling nurse, and I've been away working with COVID since last March uh, when it was really, really bad in New York. I started there and moved my way over to Texas and have been here in Texas ever since, uh, since Houston is my hometown. I have not left the front lines yet. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for your service because um, you're on the front lines and you're making the difference, you know, with the patients day in and day out. So I want to say thank you personally. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to do it. I think um, it's an honor for me to serve uh, doing what I do, what I love to do. Unfortunately, the outcomes haven't been all that great, but we continue to try every day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the heart of a nurse, right? We never give up. We're, we're, we're there, right? right Good, bad, right. ugly or indifferent, we're there. Correct. Correct. So tell us a little bit about how this pandemic has impacted you personally. Personally, um, of course, I'm stressed out all the time. 
I can't see my friends like I want to. Um, I can't, you know, I haven't been able to travel. Obviously, I, I've been working anywhere from 60 to 85 hour work weeks. So, you know, it's been keeping me very busy, which means personal life has been very minimal, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for starters, I spent three months in New York, which it was supposed to be a three week assignment and it turned into three months. Um, leaving New York City, I came back to Houston, Texas, uh, where I reside. And um, I've been here ever since, but, you know, working crazy hours, you know, again, 60 to 80 hours a week and just spending my time really, really trying to de-stress whatever little bit of downtime I do have, just because it's it's been so heavy on me, on my soul, on my emotions, on my mental health and, and everything else. It's It's been very heavy. Yeah, no, and how do you de-stress? How do you do that on your downtime? What's your go-to? Well, um, on my downtime, on the days off, like I usually have one day a week, maybe two off. Um, I sleep in for one because... I never get to sleep in when I work. So I try to sleep in a couple hours extra just because my body needs it. And, you know, it's it's definitely a feel-good thing. Um, of course, hair, nails, um, you know, facials, um, massages weekly. And uh, I actually have IV drips done, which help me with, you know, getting hydration because I don't drink enough water. The fact that we're in... Um, mass all day and PPE all day, it's very, very hard for us to get hydrated enough. Nobody ever is. And um, it's been very, very challenging. Um, these outfits are hot, the units are hot, and um, we just don't ever get enough um, hydration. So I've resorted to having IV drip therapy and uh, that's helped out quite a bit. And um Every now and again, maybe, you know, meet a friend for a quick lunch or dinner, but it's few and far between because the days just stuck by so quickly. And one day off when you work five or six, it's just, it's not enough. And I really try to conserve energy and not run around so much. But unfortunately, you know, <laughs> everything personal has to happen in one day, right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I like the fact that, you know, in your downtime, you try to reset and recharge. Can you tell me what's going on in your head when you get in your car and you are driving to the hospital? What is that time like? Do you do anything to get yourself mentally, physically prepared to go on the unit? Talk to me a little bit about that. So um, my drive to this hospital is so short. It's like seven minutes garage to garage. So, <laughs> but um, I usually um, turn on my Pandora and um, listen to Whitney Houston radio, you know, a little, little that and just kind of let my thoughts. I don't really think about going into work and I don't really have that anxiety about anticipating the assignment. I already know that it's it's going to be a struggle. It's it's going to be a difficult day, most likely. Um, we already know that, so I'm mentally prepared for that. I'd rather actually not think about work and kind of preserve myself for the last ten minutes before I have to actually go in. Um, and I think about just 
making sure I have everything and making sure I didn't forget anything. Because <laughs> lately it's just so hard to just even get up. You know, it gets harder and harder to wake up and get out of bed. Yeah. And is that due to stress, you think, or? Exhaustion is catching up, I think, at this point. It's been it's been a little over a year now. And um, yeah, it's probably <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Everyone's talking about stress and burnout in nursing, but it's been something we've been dealing with for years. Now it's just amplified to a whole different level now with this COVID-19 pandemic. What is your institution doing, if anything, for nurses or healthcare professionals who are on the front line? Do they have any wellness or stress management uh, resources for you all? Well, um, they do have resources and they actually came out with a new program that includes um, some counseling and other types of wellness sessions for us. It's just really hard when your schedule is is very tight with work because you, you're committed to so many hours per week. And if you're not off on a day that services are offered, then, you know, and therapists are hard to come by, <laughs> believe it or not, they're busy. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I know a lot of healthcare institutions are, you know, putting things in place, but then it's like, well, no one's using it, you know, so. Right, because we are so busy and 70 to 80 hours a week is like, do I want to spend an extra two hours driving somewhere or or do I just save myself and stay in bed for an extra two hours? These are the choices that some of us are having to make every week. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to choose my bed every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that one. You I, know, I mean, that's just what it is, you know? Yeah. And can you tell me what kind of conversations you have with your coworkers? Because I know as nurses, sometimes... We normalize stress, you know, before the pandemic, right? We kind of wear it as a badge of honor. Like we can do everything, anything, right? Um, what kind of conversations are you having now with coworkers? Do you normalize talking about stress, talking about burnout, talking about mental health? Yes, yes we do. We actually do. And, and we talk about just, you know, how, how tired we are and, and um, how after COVID, everybody probably wants to take a little break whatever the break means for them. But um, definitely, yeah, we're, we're all talking about it and we're all talking about um, what it's gonna look like after COVID for nursing. And, you know, to be honest with you, if there was a shortage prior to the pandemic, it's not looking pretty post pandemic. Yeah, so, you know, we already had a problem with the nursing shortage. And I think, you know, this pandemic has just <laughs> really increased that because a lot of nurses have left the bedside, you know, starting their own business or going into different um, professions that don't require direct patient care. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I think um, one of the mistakes prior to the pandemic was normalizing the nursing shortage and it was kind of like one of those things where everybody knew we had to work short all the time and we had to, you know, basically just deal with the staffing issues. Now it's something that we can't overlook anymore. Yeah. And I think it's an opportunity for us as nurses to really, you know, hone in on our advocacy and our leadership skills for ourselves, for our professions, because it's going to impact you know, generations of nurses to come. It's Absolutely. not going anywhere. 
Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the way that the nursing shortage has been literally squeezed, you know, to capacity, like during this pandemic, there's going to have to be a major overhaul in the way nurses are staffed, the way um, hospitals staff their units, the way just healthcare in general, in terms of healthcare professionals. Yeah, and I also think we need to think about strategies on how to bring in more nurses. Correct. You know, um, you know, I retention is an issue. It always has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, retention is probably going to be a bigger issue after the pandemic. But um, that's something that always needed work, and there's got to be innovative ways and ways like unconventional ways to bring nurses in and keep them in. Yeah, it definitely starts with the healthcare system now. I mean, you know, healthcare systems have a lot of work to do in terms of attracting nurses, retaining nurses, you know, because nurses who are there are a stretch so thin that, you know, it's like enough is enough. Because, you know, as you know, stress can start impacting your physical health, your mental health, and then you have to make a choice, right? Is it me or is it the job? Healthcare workers in general also, um, there's quite some bullying and nursing um, amongst older nurses versus the young newcomers. And some of them feel that they aren't given an adequate opportunity. Some of them feel that they're picked on and they don't like that feeling. So they just leave the profession altogether. Yeah, I... I have heard of that and I have been um, on the receiving end of that, I would say, as as a nurse in the ER, ER nursing. Um, And, you know, one thing that I have been advocating for is really in, you know, in nursing programs that they need to start teaching resilience wellness, horizontal violence, start really talking about that. And even in the hospital setting, we need to start talking about that and figuring out ways we can mitigate it. Because that right there is a huge part of the nursing shortage, right? No, agreed. Um, We talk about how we're supposed to be the, you know, trusted profession and everything. And and I think that's great. And I think that's very accurate. However, we, we have to take a deeper look inside ourselves and inside our institutions as to how we're treating other nurses and other healthcare professionals within these walls of these hospitals and, you know, healthcare centers. Um, and, you know, take, take a look and evaluate, is this okay? Is this okay to treat people this way and, and make them feel less than because they don't know what you know? And it's, it's, it's a big dynamic. I have to yeah. tell you. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to put um, the spotlight on healthcare leaders because healthcare leaders, nurse managers, administrators, they will have to take this information, this reality, and really figure out ways that we can put in plans that will help mitigate this problem. Right. Um, and many times, you know, nurse managers, nurse administrators, they don't have the training all the time to be leaders. Not everyone can be a leader, 
right? The title does not make you a leader. There are certain things or characteristics of a good leader, which, which is needed during a time like this. That's just one of many factors, you know, that, that, um, that we're going to have to look at, but definitely retention is, um, it's a big, big deal because I don't care if you graduate 300,000 nurses, if 200,000 leave within a year or two, we still have nothing like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And PTSD, you know, post pandemic, you know, mental health is going to be a big issue. And one thing I try to highlight is that nurses where people too come with their own mental health, you know, diagnoses or issues or struggles in this pandemic and PTSD on top of that, it's going to be a problem. So we have to look at all factors. Especially if left untreated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. Treated or untouched. Um, And, you know, here's the thing that we are taking care of people. Mm -hmm. I'm an ICU nurse and I'm taking care of the sickest patients in the hospital. And if I am not well, because I bring my own stressors to the job and I'm stressed at work because I'm stretched thin, because my coworkers are mean to me, because management isn't being fair, they're playing favorites. Add that. And now you've just taken away literally a part of my soul that should have been dedicated to the patient. Now I don't have that left in me because I'm like, it's like a losing battle. Yeah, you're depleted. And I think once you start talking about your soul, we talk about mental, physical. When you start talking about your soul, we really got to do something. Oh, <laughs> we got to do something. When we start talking about the soul and the spirit, yeah. <laughs> we really have to do something. And you're so right because, you know, when you start um, insulting your soul and your spirit, those things stick with you forever. That's the truth. You know, they, the they, they truly do stick with you forever. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit. Of, I know you said you're stressed, you're tired, but you've been doing some great things uh, for <laughs> other nurses uh, during this pandemic. I want to talk about some of the initiatives and programs and things that you have going on. Tell us a little bit about what, about what you've been doing. <laughs> so I actually um, started a Facebook group called um, Frontline Life. Um, it's a healthcare club. So basically open to healthcare workers, not just nurses. I want to make that clear. Um, it just so happens I'm a nurse. So of course, you know, but um, it's basically for those of us that have worked on the front lines, a lot of times when we get on platforms uh, that are provided by these social media uh, pages, we have um, different types of settings where we can go into and chat about the pandemic and about, you know, medical information and, you know, the latest on COVID and other things. However, sometimes those groups are open to the general public and, you know, the general public who has no medical knowledge come in and, you know, they insert their opinions or they start like, well, you know, you chose to be a nurse, so that's your job. So, you know, just eat it, you know, and that type of thing. So none of us chose to go into this profession and not have enough PPE to wear during a pandemic. None of us chose this profession to go into a pandemic and work 
to the point where like our souls are literally depleted because of so much death. Nobody chose that. Nobody ever knew that would have ever happened. So, you know, sometimes the platforms get a little too messy and healthcare workers such as me, I'd rather reserve my opinion or whatever I'm going to say, because I don't want the backlash that way because it's not necessary and it doesn't help. So I created this platform for us to have a safe space to talk and to just um, disperse information that's accurate, that's up to date, um, talk about processes in different states or different facilities and um, just, you know, vent and just let everybody know that we're all here for each other and we all support each other. No, that's awesome. I think that that is wonderful. And you know, what I tell people, people always say social media is so bad, but you have to use social media. You cannot allow social media to use you. So I'm on social media, something like your group, you know, Frontline, is it called Frontline? Frontline Life. Frontline life, you yeah. know, you can tap it's into like that. a lifestyle, <laughs> like a lifestyle. Yes. yes, no, I love it. So, frontline life, people can find this group on Facebook. You said, are you on any other social media platforms? Uh, yes, we're on Instagram, uh, frontline underscore life underscore media, and um, Twitter as well, the same frontline life, uh, frontline underscore life underscore media. And um, I we just started a YouTube channel, so. I'll be placing my videos and all my media interviews uh, on there uh, for people to see. And um, I also have um, my website, www.frontlinelife.co. And there I actually built a little retail shop. So (laughs) I have t-shirts, masks, socks, um, travel mugs, bags, little things, you know, with the logos and just to kind of, you know, make it like a whole lifestyle thing, you know? That is awesome. I love it. I love it. So we'll put all that information out for people listening. They can definitely connect with you. And I just want to say something, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you're an ICU nurse, stressed, busy, working over 40 hours a week, and you're still trying to take care of other nurses and healthcare workers. I think that's amazing. Well, that is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. It's what I do. You know, it's what I do. And I do have an, an ability to bring people together. And, um, I think that at this time we are such a niche right now because we know each other's pain and, I hadn't really seen anybody else doing anything. And so I said, well, maybe if we can get us together eventually, you know, when the country opens up more and we can get more people vaccinated, I'd like to start uh, meetups in different cities and, uh, you know, frontline friends gatherings and things. So I'd really, really like to connect with people in other parts of the country and even the world, because this is something that hopefully we don't ever have to live again. But the experience has been priceless. I, I've shed my share of tears, but I've also had great moments with great people and I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one sweet thing about this pandemic is the internet, you know, to connect with so many different people you've never met in person, but you love and you create these 
super awesome relationship. It's, it's been, it's been, it's been amazing. It's been yeah, amazing. It, it really has. It really has. And because I've uh, posted my story starting from New York online, people have been able to see and kind of follow that. And so it's now kind of building on to that. What started a year ago is now, look, here's, you know, a website, here's a group page, here's, you know, different platforms where I'm I'm featured, you know, and I've had some media coverage. So I've been, I've been fortunate actually to have my voice heard on multiple occasions on big platforms. So I figured that if I had the platform, why not? Awesome. And I think that that's key if we have platforms because you represent all of us. So I thank you again for that. I, I thank you. Um, and before we get to our rapid fire, do you have anything you would want to say to someone considering nursing or a nursing student who's in school getting ready to enter the field? Do you have any advice, words of wisdom? What I would say is it's definitely a yes. Go ahead and do it. Nursing is great. I still wouldn't choose anything else right now. Um, be flexible, though. Things aren't going to be textbook. Things are not going to be classroom-like. It's not going to be what your ideal is, like Grey's Anatomy or anything like that. Please don't. <laughs> Let's just not. <laughs> That is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but that's great. But advice. you know, it's true. Yes. Yeah. I think agility is huge. We definitely have to be flexible just in life. So yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And, you know, actually, I, I started as an ICU nurse um, 10 years ago. And w- at the two year mark, I moved to a different hospital that had multiple ICUs, like nine different ICUs, and I became an ICU float. So I did every specialty and I just went around and I learned so much. I broadened my knowledge. I met so many people and I became so flexible because I never knew where I would be the next day. And so it's helped me so, so much. So definitely being flexible is probably the main takeaway from all of this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. And explore your options because the options are limitless. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Any last words you want to say before we get to our rapid fire and wrap things up? Well, I want to say thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, I think it's a definitely a very important topic that we talk about stress and and all these things we're discussing now because it's much needed uh, during pandemic and after pandemic. We're definitely going to have to really, really um, take care of people because there, there's going to be a lot of broken nurses and a lot of broken healthcare professionals um, just by what's what's happening, you know? Yeah, so no, absolutely. I appreciate you setting up this platform and definitely having me as a feature and um, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have you back. We will definitely have you back. <laughs> I'm working right. on other things too. So uh, by then, yeah, <laughs> I have more to come. Yeah, no, we, we want to hear about it so we can get the word out so people can join you in your efforts. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, more than welcome. All right. Rapid fire. The first thing that comes to your mind, I want you to just share it with us. Wellness means a healthy state of mind. 
Awesome. I know I'm stressed when. I know I'm stressed when my chest hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's too late then. (laughs) Let me tell you why I said that, because I have a habit of minimizing my stress and minimizing like my problems or maybe it's denial I don't know (laughs) we have to work on that (laughs) right (laughs) my go-to stress management solution is a glass of wine (laughs) (laughs) and I have said that um it really is yeah, that, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> the last time I had a belly laugh was? Probably two weeks ago. Tell us more. <laughs> I, um, I fell in the water and a surfboard hit me over the head. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. Okay. I didn't get hurt, so... I was laughing because I was just having so much fun that, you know, it didn't matter. That is awesome. Laughter is so great for the soul, the mind, the body, everything. It really is. I laugh at everything. And I mean, if they tell you nurses laugh at the most inappropriate things we do because it's a coping mechanism and people don't understand, but it really is because I have to laugh to keep from crying half the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our last one is one thing I learned about myself during the pandemic is I'm stronger than what I thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been so great. Thank you so much for taking time to uh, speak with me today and speak with our listeners. Um, And we'll definitely have you back. Thank you all for tuning in. All right. Thank you, Wendy. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a seven-day mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.